The Greenhouse Effect is sponsored by Greenlight Photography. Check the show notes for details. Last week, I took a picture of my cat. Her name is Puppy. It's a cute picture, but you should see my daddy's pictures. They're great. You should check them out. Go to Linktree slash Greenlight Photo and get your own copy. Okay, I gotta go play with Puppy. Bye! everybody it is wednesday on a thursday which means only one thing you are inside the greenhouse effect podcast and i am your host your very favorite brooklyn polymath hayden green and uh and if this is your first time welcome here at greenhouse effect we break down the week's events we talk about it from a multicultural point of view and that multicultural point of view is mine so we're going to get into it. We have a lot of stuff to talk about. I got like a bunch of notes today. Uh, so <laughs> we have so much to do. So uh, to, right now we are live on Facebook. If you are joining us on Facebook, please feel free to drop some hints, some top, some uh, uh, comments in the comments section. Feel free to uh, leave any questions in there. Say hello. Be who you be. Uh, but like we're out there right now. If you are listening on wherever you get your podcast from, at whether it is Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of those other places, uh, feel free to answer the questions that we got lined up for you there. Um, look, I almost did not do the podcast today. I am exhausted. It has been a very long week. Uh, I, I think I posted in <laughs> I posted on the on, on my Facebook a couple of couple of days ago. Uh, I think on Monday when we were having one of those beautiful days and. And I warned all of you new New Yorkers, not not us old school New Yorkers, all all of you new New Yorkers, uh, that the you know not to get too happy with the weather that was going that was going on right then and there because it would eventually real uh, go away because we were still in the middle of winter. Like people who are new to New York think, oh, you know, here's the crack in the weather and. And that's and this is where we'll start to now start get warmer. You can start to put away your winter clothes. No, ma'am. No, that's not how this works here in New York. I told him was like, listen, we have at least one more snowstorm left in this in this season. And before the week was done, I was right. We had seventy degree weathers to start seventy degree weather to start the week, and then. Um, by Wednesday, what's today, Thursday? Yeah, by Wednesday, we had a snowstorm, an ice storm at that. So, like, that's New York weather for you. So, if you are new to New York, uh, I hate to bust your bubble, but that's how we do with weather. Like, it'll... It'll, it'll be four different seasons all in one week. Uh, and so you, you got to be careful. Don't put stuff away. Just have everything available to you because you're going to need your snow boots and your flip-flops all in the same week. Anyway, so, uh, but but we're we're heading on to a, a, the weekend now. And, and like I said, it's been a long week. We, you know, the, the kids go to spring break in a few. And so it, it's one of those things where my students are, uh, you know, trying to dump everything as as fast as they can because they know they're going to be out for a week. Uh, so it's it's very interesting to see how last minute stuff just starts popping up all over the place. But it is what it is, right? Anyway, um, 
I am, uh, you know, looking forward to a spring break. I need. I, I oftentimes realize, you know, at the beginning you you're like, we should just work all the way through and then maybe end earlier or something along those lines. I remember during the pandemic that was one of the considerations, like just get rid of the spring break and just end the semester earlier. And then you realize, man, you need this break. You need for people to go away and for you to recenter yourself. Uh, and and I absolutely am at that point where it's like, all right, I I, I just need for everybody to just shut up for a hot second and <laughs> let me get back to what I what I my, get back to center on my mind. Um, but but you know that's coming up, and hopefully by the end of the break. Uh, I will be much refreshed because that's what you're supposed to do in a brick, right? Um, meanwhile, speaking of refresh, I need to refresh the prescription on puppy's uh, flea medication. Um, puppy got fleas, what, like six months ago? And, and we were completely confused by it because uh, when, you know, she never leaves the house. She is a house cat, right? Oh, for those of you, uh, the uninitiated puppy is my cat. So puppy never leaves the house. So we figured it had to be something else. And we looked and sure enough, she had fleas. So we, we I went out and got those things that you drop at the back of the neck and, but you gotta do that every single month. And so now I, every, I feel like the cat understands what a calendar is because every month I've gotta chase her around because I think she knows that it's time to get this uh, flea treatment at the back of her neck. I don't think it hurts her. I just think that she doesn't like to be held down. <laughs> it's like, uh, you, you, you holding me down to try to put stuff in the back of my neck. I don't like it when I see you come. Or maybe we just give off a different kind of pheromone when it's time for, for you to, to, to chase this cat around and, and try to douse it with, with flea medication. Um, I think I, I, I think it might be time to give her a flea bath a complete flea bath um uh but every time i i, I talk to everybody i talk to gives me conflicting uh reports so if y'all are cat flea you know uh aficionados let me know um it's like some people say don't don't give it a flea bath if you are using um the flea medication uh i wanted to do the 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 year long thing, but I think that the uh, uh, veterinarian has to administer that, so I'll, I'll have to look into that. But you've got any ideas about how to, uh, you know, keep the fleas off my cat? Feel free to drop them in the comment box uh, because I, and 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 it can't be a collar because she is not a collar cat. She does not like collars if she ever gets out she's gone there's there's no identification for this cat well she is microchipped so maybe she might we might get her back but if she ever gets out she's out of here um <laughs> unless somebody catches her because she looks like uh like you know how like indoor cats look like uh look like they don't belong when they get outside they're like all skittish and like oh what what is that oh that's a car oh how do i find food and like yeah, that's what I think puppy would look like. But, you know, we'll see. All right. Um, so today we are um, we're going to be talking about a couple of different things. Uh, I got uh, Brittany Griner on the list. I've got Ryan Coogler on the list. Um, two names that you probably haven't heard in a couple of couple of months, but now you are right. Um, we'll talk a little bit about about um, Russia, but not too much. What we will talk about is a couple of bills that have been passed 
in Texas and in Florida uh, that are anti-LGBTQ. Um, so we'll get around to that at the end. Uh, but that that's something to watch because it's you're you're now starting to see all of the things that I warned you all about a couple of a couple of months ago. Well, no, even like a couple of years ago, about the way we have the way we look at judges and who've been appointed and it's not that's not what the, the power doesn't lie in uh in a lot of the politician a lot of it lies in these judges and especially the ones that get appointed for a lifetime term so we're now seeing those roosters coming home to roost or those chickens coming home to roost uh so we'll talk a little bit about that caitlin says when our dog has fleas they gave her a pill and it killed the heck out of them real quick we now use a flea and tick pill that's flavored and works better than a topical. Yeah, I, I've I've seen the, the the pill thing, so maybe I might go that route. Um, because here's the other thing: I always forget because I try to do it at the beginning of the month. I always forget that you know when the month turns, I gotta douse this cat, and and so I, I if if there's a pill that works and it's longer than just one month, maybe I might look into that and invest in that. Uh, so I'll, I'll go back to Petco or PetSmart. First of all, they should not have names that are so similar. There's PetSmart and Petco. They look exactly the same. They have similar names. And I walk into one thinking it's the other all the time. I'm like, didn't I get this from you? No, so that was Petco. <sighs> Y'all need a different name. Like, switch it up. You can't have two pet stores with the name Pet and, and it's a short name and just confusing people it's 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 that there's something wrong with that all right um so let's just jump right into it uh so for those of you who have not been um paying attention we'll do the britney thing first um for those of you who have not been paying attention uh britney griner is a uh an olympic gold medalist and she uh plays for the spark i believe it is she's a WNBA player and she was playing abroad and um, and got caught by Russian officials uh, with hashish or and hashish is just like weed. Right. So or like a, a more potent version of weed. Anyway, it's drugs. Um, and so she's been detained in Russian prisons for a, about two months now. And we're just now hearing about it. And so uh, when we did hear about it. It didn't make any kind of a splash. No kind of a splash whatsoever. ESPN didn't cover it fully. Uh, you know, you only heard about it from certain circles. And um, and it, it brought up a whole bunch of other questions. So clearly we're embroiled in the middle of a conflict with Russia. We, not the United States, but, you know, Ukraine and by proxy NATO and therefore by proxy United States. So, yes, we are <laughs> involved in a, a conflict with the United, with um, with Russia, and now they have one of our athletes in jail for violating one of their rules. Right? Great. That that that. I, this is not a podcast as to whether or not Brittany is guilty or or if she is not guilty. But I want to just really draw attention to the fact of the way that this is being handled and the, the way that is being covered. Uh, first of all, like I said. I don't know how many of you even heard about this story unless you're doing deep dives about in sports, right? But, <clears throat> oh, I need some water. Uh, so there, there's not a lot of coverage on it. Pardon me, just drinking some water there. 
that that commentary was for the people who can't see me drinking water, not you Facebook people. Um, yeah, so there's not a lot of coverage of it, which begs in the question, like, would this be a different kind of coverage if it was, uh, let's see, who, I, I want to try to find a, a, a popular woman athlete um, that would have gotten a different treatment. Well, look at that. I can't think of one. That's the point, right? So I think that if it was Brett Favre who had gone to Russia uh, and and picked up some stuff, there would be an auto, like a diplomatic uproar, right? So it, it is, it, it it's really stark the way that it's being treated and how different it's being treated, uh, primarily because it is a female athlete. I oh well, Serena Williams, right? So if Serena Williams gets caught. I think that that might be um, a big deal, but you know Serena Williams is internationally renowned, and um, it, it, and, and, a, and a white tennis player, Jason Lee, Jason Levy, chiming in uh, because somebody did, that did happen to one of the tennis players, right? I, I'm trying to remember that. So it's not being covered. There is not a whole big uproar about it. She is wallowing away in jail. Um, and and I, I I say this without knowing what kind of jail she is, but she's not free, right? She's in jail. And, and, and like Caitlin said, people don't even realize that she was in jail for a couple of months. So that's the first thing. The second, the second thing that has to be really talked about is the fact that the reason she is in Russia is that she's playing ball during the offseason. What does that mean? That means that when WNBA is done with their season, she is out there playing playing extra games. Not because she's, she feels like it. Not because she wants to keep in shape and, and wants to keep her game up. Most professional athletes, right, most professional athletes try to recover their bodies after the season. WNBA, um, WNBA women, the players, they can't do that. Why? Well, simple math. They don't make any money. They don't make any money. So uh, the women's soccer, the women's soccer team, uh, the national women's soccer team just uh, sued uh, the soccer association because they were not getting equal pay for the, the same amount of work. And as a matter of fact, the women's soccer team was winning far more medals than the men's soccer team was. And so they just won, and now they're going to be paid equitably. But that's not what's happening in the WNBA. Now, everybody will jump up and be like, well, it's it, it's a matter of economics, and it's a bad, uh, we can't pay people if, if the league itself doesn't make a lot of money. Well, that's what they used to say about the NBA as well. Yeah, people forget that the NBA was wallowing in obscurity before David Stern took it on. And then David Stern took, takes it on has this whole marketing thing and then before you know it the nba is like a part of part of the culture and so i think that people are not putting the money that needs to be put into the wnba for it to really be a viable a viable vehicle they play good ball uh you know are they out here dunking which is what people want to see no but some of them are but the point is, is that they play good ball. It is competitive. It, it's not like people are mailing it in. Uh, th- I've gone to a couple of WNBA games, and I've been pretty impressed with the level of competition. Um, so, and when I say that, I mean that, you know, I 
don't want to make it sound like, oh, well, I was impressed that they were playing that well for women. No, I was impressed by the level of competition, period, right? Because it gets a, a, a ding on it. It's like, oh, that's the WNBA. Nobody really cares about it. So you kind of figure that they, people must not care about it because the games aren't good. No, the games are good. It's just there's no marketing behind it and there's no love, right? And so these people, these these women are playing in NBA arenas with the same owners from different, from the NBA places and there needs to be some sort of uh, boost for it because if one of the top stars, Brittany Griner is one of the top stars in the WNBA and she has to augment her income by playing abroad, then you know something is absolutely wrong. And so those are the things that it's now shining a light on. And I hope people are paying attention because there are some real inequities that are happening with women's sports in this country. And women's soccer and the WNBA are just really two examples of that. Um, Caitlin said, Sean White, he was a semi-pro athlete and I feel bells would be ringing. Yeah, well, I'm almost positive that Sean White might have had a run in. And there was a whole big thing. He wasn't abroad, but yeah, it's it's definitely inequitable uh, the way that she is being covered, the way that she is being treated, the way that our country is responding to the fact that she's she's being uh, detained. And uh, and I don't know, maybe she should defect to Russia. That'll be a that'll be a new thing. Instead of Russian athletes defecting to to our United States, having an American athlete say, "Listen, if you let me out of jail, I'll pay for your team." <laughs> that that would be crazy. Could you imagine that? That would be the whole. That'll be another war. It was like everybody was like, look, you know what? Fight, forget Ukraine. Russia is st- Russia is stealing our athletes now. That that would end it all. <laughs> World War Three immediately. All right. So keep an eye on that. But uh, I, you know, I'm not seeing any free Britney. Um, you know, posters and people lining up outside of the embassies and stuff. I'm not seeing any of that stuff, right? But there was a whole movement of people wanting to free Britney Spears from a conservancy uh, who, when she was still rich. It wasn't like she was being held anywhere. Free Britney from what? Free Britney from her rich parents making her, giving her her the, the rich... I, I, I get it, right? Like, I, I get it. Like, but there needs to be a free Britney, uh, free Britney Griner movement because uh, somebody needs to stand up for her. Um, all right. So the next thing on on the on the agenda today is a new story that, if you have not seen it, um, is hilarious and and just really, really, really sad. Um, so R- Ryan Coogler. For those of you who do not know who Ryan Coogler is, Ryan Coogler is the director of the Black Panther movie, the wildly successful Black Panther movie, right? And um, and so, as you may or may not know, Black Panther 2 is in production right now. So, uh, Ryan Coogler was in Atlanta, and so he went to the bank because he needed a large sum of cash. Uh, so he couldn't like very well go to the ATM. He needed $12,000. So rather than walk into the bank and be like, uh, and, and talk to the AT, the, uh, the teller and be like, Hey, teller person. Um, I'd like to withdraw $12,000, please. He wrote it down. He took a deposit slip and he wrote in the, in the, in the comment section, 
I would like to I would like to uh, take out twelve thousand dollars from my bank account um, and uh, and hands it to them. The teller asks him for his ID. He pushes he puts his pin his card into the reader, punches in his pin, and then all of a sudden people are like, "Oh no, we'll be right back for you. Hold on, hold on back for you. Yeah, yeah, uh huh, yeah, yeah, uh huh." Um, and, and then they, and then all of a sudden he says he hears Glocks being taken out and pointed at him, uh, from behind him. The teller had called the police because she thought she was being robbed. Okay. There's so much here. She thought she was being robbed by the man who gave you his ID and pushed his card in and hit his pin number that guy is robbing you I I don't know how robberies go in other states and this is in Atlanta this happened but I don't I don't know very many thieves or bank robbers that had you their ID he handed her his ID with his bank card right and <laughs> right, and Caitlin says that this that was ridiculous. Excuse me, teller, I'm here to rob my damn self of twelve thousand dollars. Here's my ID, and they called the police. Right, it. <sighs> you know, you want to be. I want to believe that uh, she was just being daft in that moment, but and but it it can't be any other excuse except that that she saw a black man write her a note about $12,000 and freaked out. There can't be any other excuse for it. And and Coogler was so cool about it, right? Um they came to arrest him. He didn't he didn't struggle or anything. They put his, they put the cuffs on him and he was like, "Look, on my waist is my ID. It's on a, you know, one of those retractable strings. On my waist is my ID." You can take that ID and see why where why I'm in Atlanta because it had it, it probably had Marvel Studios uh, as a Marvel Studios ID. Um, he said, and he and and the guy that was arresting him was um, was a black man as well, and he says, "Look, Google me. If you Google me, you realize you are making a huge mistake, and why everybody here." It will have a better day if you just take the cuffs off me and I'll pretend like this never happened. He said, Google me. They put him in the they put him in the cop car. Right? Eventually they they sort it all out and they figure out that what he was trying to do. And the cop tries to tell him, this other cop now, tries to tell him it's like, well, why didn't you call the manager? Or why didn't you do this? Or what why didn't I do what? I can't walk up to a teller and hand in my bank card and my ID and not get harassed? And secondly, you, Mr. Cop, when you show up to a bank after somebody says that they're robbing the bank and you are able to walk in and the guy is just standing there calm and cool and collected in front of a teller, you still going to arrest this guy? You don't, you don't automatically think that there's a misunderstanding? The, Oh, when when I tell you it is, it, it, when I tell you it is tough to be a black man in America, even a success like 
Ryan Coogler is is rich. Ryan Coogler is well known. Ryan Coogler don't have to rob nobody's bank. Ryan Coogler did everything that he was supposed to do. He said to the officer, he said, "Look, I've gone. I've never had to have. I've never had a problem at um at the bank of at a Bank of America before. Never had a problem. I do this all the time. Apparently, and." He doesn't have to explain what he needs $12,000 for, but apparently he has a home health aid or something like that that only takes cash, would prefer to be paid in cash. Uh, he said that out loud on tape, and I think now Ryan Coogler is going to have some calls from the IRS. That's another story. going to have a full-out Wesley Sykes incident in a minute. Anyway, so he shouldn't have to explain any of that stuff. He has the money in his account. He gave all of the credentials that he needed to give. And still, these people arrested him. I, I you know, it's like you, you hope along the lines that fame and money are a great desanitizer. But it ain't. It ain't. So, Brian literally took everybody's name. He's like, I need your name, your name, your name, your name. And I need to know who made the phone call. Because everybody's going down. He gave them so many chances. He was like, look, Google me. You will see why this is a huge mistake and why if you take the cuff, why you should take these cuffs off of me right now. It will be a better day for everybody. They would not listen. So good old Atlanta, right? Go, you know, move back down to Atlanta, says. You're more welcome down there, they said. Clearly not. Clearly not. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back. We're running long on our show today, so uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back and talk a little bit more about the shenanigans happening with Ron DeSantis in Florida. We'll be right back. All right, we are back, and you are inside the greenhouse effect, and I am your host, your ever-loving, friendly neighborhood polymath from Brooklyn. And uh, and so, so we were just talking about Ryan Coogler, but, not, you know, so... It is. It, it, I feel like all of these these places um, south of the Mason Dixon line are just one of those uh, really weird, weird 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 situations. Jason's running. We'll see you later. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you in Chicago, Jason. Fingers up! Yay! All right, good. Um, so, um, Florida it passed a bill that's being called the "Don't Say Gay." bill <laughs> only in america can you have a bill that that like has the nickname the don't say gay bill well what is this bill the bill says that you cannot you can no longer uh educate uh i, I think it was up, up to like eight years old or something like that you cannot incorporate any kind of lgbt lgbtq um, awareness conversations um, uh, oh wait I have a thought I have thought I have thought Florida don't say gay bill failed but the CRT well no I think it's you know so Caitlin is saying she thought the bill the bill failed I think it's still it's it's still passed um, and it's on DeSantis's desk right now I, I could be wrong but I thought that's what I read but anyway the bill is saying that you can't 
uh, reference any LGBT uh, awareness programming in, in young children. That's the basic line of it. Um, and they're like, they're, they don't want you telling young children what what being gay is. They don't want you uh, educating young children that there are different ways of being. Um, and the proponents of it, the anti, well, the, the adversaries to this bill are saying it's like, when you teach children at a young age that there are many different ways that family looks like, there are many different ways that people, that love looks like, you minimize the amount of, of hate and vitriol that they have as they grow older because they now understand uh, people, that they, they now understand that there are many different ways to be. And Ron DeSantis and the people of Florida uh, decided that they didn't want to have this at all. Uh, the same thing is happening in, um, in Texas. In Texas, the attorney general is uh, attacking a mandate that says that LGBTQ, uh, a Biden mandate that says that LGBTQ awareness has to be taught in schools. Uh, and and the uh, attorney general is saying that that is uh, tantamount to child abuse. So teaching young children about um, the fact that sometimes men love men and women love women uh, is is a <laughs> God. That's crazy. Uh, is 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 child abuse? Also, the law is if in Idaho. And um, in Idaho, they are trying to pass a bill that says that um, actually the, the one in Texas is the same as the one in Idaho. It's that gender affirming health care is child abuse. So if you say to a child that I will treat you as I, I will use the, the gender that you are most comfortable with while you are here seeking health care, that is now being called child abuse. Look. This is a small iceberg. This is the top, the tip of an iceberg, um, and we saw it with the Roe versus Wade uh, challenges and the challenges that they're having in Texas. Um, this is a much larger end game, right? There is not a. This is not just okay. I want this thing, right? They're not just trying to uh, have this one particular legislation. All of these things will go into court and will go into uh, appeals and then will go into the state Supreme Court. And then guess where it's going to land? It's going to land in the Supreme Court. And this is a very Machiavellian way of moving all of these issues up into the Supreme Court level and having the, and forcing the Supreme Court to uh, pass judgment on it. And the Supreme Court passes judgment on it, and then it becomes the law of the land. And so what ha what is happening is that a lot of conservatives are now, now that they have a 6-3 majority in the Supreme Court, they are pushing all of these random stuff all over the country, whether it be LGBTQ or whether it be uh, Roe v. Wade stuff or whether it be voter rights or whatever it is. Now, all of a sudden, you are seeing all these conservative states all across the country pushing small bills that seem innocuous. And I keep on warning everybody, we have to pay attention to them at the foundational stage. Because when 
what when you lose a governor or or when governors turn to in this current climate when governors in states uh, become conservative or uh, conservative go- governors win, conservative candidates uh, win for governor, these governors are now starting to push legislation through their states. If they push legislation through their states or they have policies that they push in their states and then people push back, they take them to court. Once they take them to court, it starts the process of get it going all the way to the Supreme Court. So it's not it's all connected. When people say, oh, you have to vote for your governor, you have to vote for your um, your representatives, you have to you have to sign up for the for the the census and make sure that you're counted. All of these things are connected. And so now when you have a, a, a child who does not identify with the sex that it was given at birth and and your doctor wants to provide the best possible care for that child and is going to be arrested in Texas because the attorney general is considering it to be child abuse, now you recognize why when you decided to sit home in November and not vote for governor or in Georgia where not you know when people didn't come out and not vote for governor, now you start to see where this all plays out. This has been the long game. Again, there, there, there are strategists that have been sitting on this for 10 years at the very least of trying to move things around so that little by little, the social programs and the liberal, and, and liberal initiatives are just eroded throughout this country. And it is getting worse. The division in this country between liberal and, 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 and conservative is getting deeper. And uh, and the rhetoric is getting even worse. Uh, I am issuing another, as I always do every couple of months, another warning that there are no such thing as irrelevant elections. Every election that you have a choice to vote in should be one that you are systematically uh, looking at all of the issues and making sure that your, your causes are represented. Because the people who you the people who don't want you to be successful the people who want to stay in power and hold on to power are going are doing their their due diligence they're doing the work they're doing the research and they're not they're not looking at this one versus that one they're looking at the entire picture and the chickens are coming home to roost they all are coming home to roost i'm guaranteeing you that none of this is by accident you have to watch it they have there were all of these judges that were appointed by the Trump administration, uh, and I'm not just talking about the judges in. Uh, I'm not talking about the judges in the Supreme Court. I'm talking about the federal judges all across the country that were uh, that were appointed by the Trump administration, and now they're they, now they're reaping the fruit because all of these cases that we're talking about go to those very self-same judges that were appointed by the Trump administration. So you could have as you could have whoever you want in the White House, but if the inner workings of the machine are set at a at, at to 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 do one thing, it doesn't matter what the the top of the machine is it does or says. So again, we have to pay attention to all of this stuff. There are, are judge races that are happening um uh there's one in Brooklyn where one of my sorority sisters is running uh Beverly Taylor uh so get out there and vote 
right? You got to get out there and vote. All right. We're going to take uh, another quick break and we're going to come back and we will, uh, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Congress and passing $13.6 billion, not, not million, billion dollars uh, for Ukraine aid um, and talk a little bit about the fact that Russia is, uh, we're, we're banning Russian oil, but Russia is the main supplier of oil to the European nation. So they haven't banned them. Uh, so Russia is still selling oil to the very same nations that they're attacking. Um, but anyway, let's rather than that, let's do our top five musicals. So <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a harsh pivot, right, Hayden? Right. Hayden, what, what are you doing? You, you, you're going to bury the lead on Russia and then go to musicals? Yeah, that's what my brain needs right now. So we're going to come back. We're going to take a break. We'll come back and talk musicals. All right, we are back. Welcome back to the Greenhouse Effect. This is Hayden Green, your host, your ever-loving, friendly neighborhood, Brooklyn Polymath. And so we're talking musicals. And uh, so this is a... Uh, so these, this list is the musicals that I have seen. I, 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 am, a, I am always saying that I do not... Um, I'm not one of those people who has an opinion about some, something that I haven't seen just because I read uh, some sort of uh, review or even listened to the soundtrack or something like that. Uh, I'm not that dude. Uh, I have students out here who have never seen a, a movie and I was like, that movie is horrible. It doesn't hold up to this, that, and the other. I was like, well, have you seen it? And they're like, no. How, how does that work? How do you have an opinion about something that you did not experience? Right? Like, it's... That drives me crazy, and I know people who do that all the time. It's like, oh, I'm never going to watch that movie, or this, uh, I, I can't, or this, especially during Grammy, uh, sorry, not Grammy, during Academy Award season, it's like, I can't believe that said movie beat my other, this other movie that I love. It, it, it it's, it's a ripoff. Well, did you see the other movies? No. <laughs> okay, then... Then our conversation is over, sir. All right. So here, here's the, the musicals that did not make my top five. Um, I happen to love musicals. I love Broadway. I love theater. I love the arts. My kid is a musical junkie. Um, that's all we listen to in the car. And so uh, these are the musicals that I have seen that did not make my top five. So I, I struggled with these, too, because there's some good ones in here. Number one that did not make the pile was Chicago. Chicago, when I saw it, was really well done. Um, I, I love the cell block tango, and seeing it live was excellent. Um, Ain't Too Proud to Beg was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. It was a little bit heavy-handed because you kind of got the, the sense that uh, you know, it was written from one point of view and made that one person look really, really, really good. But, you know, Barry Gordy funded the whole thing, so Barry Gordy ain't gonna come out looking anything but great in this one. But Ain't Too Proud to Beg was amazing. Uh, I saw Cabaret a long time ago when I was in, when I was in college, and it was an excellent show. Uh, it is 
um, really well, really well written. When I saw it, it was really well acted and sung. Uh, I, I love the fact that you don't ever get the sense that you are watching uh, a wartime. You don't get the sense that you are watching a wartime uh, depiction until the very end when it starts to when it, when it starts to get a little bit more serious. But it it does a really good job of showing how people in the in the face of insurmountable danger uh, are still able to, to to express themselves and have a good time. Um, in the Heights, uh, the movie rekindled my love for In the Heights, but uh, it's still not one of my top fives. It was a good play. I really enjoyed it as well. And l the last play, the last uh, musical that we saw was Six. Uh, if you if you have not again not gotten a chance to go see Six, go check it out. It is quick. It is like uh, like. 90 100 minutes or something like that no no break nothing boom you're in you're out but it is amazing it's it's a riot right so those are the ones that did not make it <laughs> so so it's like well hayden if those are pretty good like what is what's in your top five i'm glad you asked here is my top five all right number five is avenue q uh, Avenue Q is a uh, is a, a, a and I think it was off Broadway, uh, but Avenue Q is a show about um, this guy that goes to who's having a rough time after graduating with a, a BA in English and trying to find a job, and he goes down to this neighborhood that's pretty uh, pretty working class, but it's done with puppets. So it's humans and puppets throughout it, and it's so irreverent. Uh, Avenue Q, if you have not seen, I don't even think Avenue Q is still playing. Um, but th the way they interplay puppets and really talk about race and talk about bias and talk about being able to uh, find your own way and your purpose was really, really well done. I, I once took my mother to go see it and she got so traumatized when the two puppets started having sex um, and, and it was worth every dollar that I spent on her ticket. Uh, and she's in here too. Uh, Brenda Green is here so she can... She can attest to that as well. So my number five is uh, Avenue Q. Uh, my number four is Rent, right? Uh, Rent is always going to be in everybody's top five because it was, uh, as my wife puts it, one of those first plays where uh, the actors just moved the set around, right? Like, so, you know, they moved... Um, <laughs> Caitlin is talking about Avenue Q. The internet is for porn is one of the songs from Avenue Q. Hilarious. Um, and so Rent really was one of those songs that, uh, sorry, one of those musicals that looked at everything that was happening in the world right now, right? So a lot of times when you look at musicals, they are these uh, historical pieces or their fantasy or things along those lines. But Rent was like, hey, this is happening right now. It happened, it, it, it was made right in the middle of the AIDS pandemic. Uh, the, 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 uh, the writer, the creator of the, of the show lost people to AIDS. And, uh, and it was, you know, topical at the time. And even now it still holds up. So I enjoyed Rent. Um, the songs are... Uh, you know, you can't get away from them. Uh, you know, Kamika just put in 500,000 
600 minutes, 525,600 minutes. That song is great, right? And uh, because of that song, I now know how many uh, minutes are in a year. Uh, but the songs are great. Santa Fe is a great song. One of my favorites, one of the underwritten under uh, uh, songs. Um, but yeah, it's a really, really great song. Uh, Will You Light My Candle is awesome, right? Um, so that's my number four. My number three, my number three is Wicked. Uh, Wicked is so dope because, and 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 the, the the author of the show really talks about the fact that it's a story you think you know, but nobody ever looks at it from the Wicked Witch of the West's uh, point of view, and it's the the story of. Um, the the two witches the good witch and the bad witch uh and and it really talks about how people can be misunderstood and how they people can be painted as one thing literally because she was green uh be painted as one thing and how rhetoric uh can change how people look at you um it is defying gravity is an excellent song because it really talks about the way that the way that you are uh, held back, and once you take on your own ability for it, your your own ability to guide your way and to guide your path, uh, that you can fly. Uh, it's and the original cast, Kristen Chenoweth and Adina Menzel, is uh, appearing that like no other. Those are two voices that were made for each other. Uh, and if you have not seen Wicked. The end part is brilliant, and I have always said that it needs to have a Wicked Part 2 because the ending is absolutely brilliant. So go see Wicked. It is still running, and it is still an excellent show. So that's my number three. Number two. Ha! This is going to get a lot of people angry, but my number two, my number two favorite musical is Hamilton. What? Yes, it's number two. It's not number one. Uh, and now, for those of you who know me, know that I cape for Hamilton. And in addition to the fact that my daughter had a, a, a Hamilton eighth birthday party and ended up on CBS News, and, and we're a Hamilton family, and we listen to Hamilton all the time, it's my number two. Hamilton is revolutionary. See what I did there? Uh, and it, it placed people of color in the roles of people that we already know and people that we love and have come to already uh, have these this mysticism behind it and uh, and is able to cast was able to cast those you know people of color in those roles and set it all to hip-hop and and there are so many places where you look at the phrasing that Lin-Manuel uh, used uh, and and it's like oh that's that rap song or that's that song uh, it, it's so funny I have a uh, the chat the 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 school chaplain here went to see Hamilton and I was like I was like the ten the ten dual commandments and he was like it was he was singing the praises of ten dual commandments and I was like well you know that's all for the ten crack commandments and he was like the what I was like oh uh, never mind I said nothing I've t I've said too much. <laughs> <laughs> right, and it, it sanitized a lot of hip hop, but a, a lot of the stuff that uh, that that 
that Hamilton used uh, comes from really gritty hip hop, and it was so good. It was so good. And the story, um, even though it's it's highly embellished, uh, is really it, it takes it takes you on a journey. Uh, and I really love what Lynn did with that musical. So Hamilton is my number two. All right, so my number my five R number five was Avenue Q. Number four was Rent. Number three is Wicked. Number two was Hamilton. So there's only one that can be my number one. Lion King. Lion King is my number one musical of all time. Listen, when Lion King came out, they didn't know what they were seeing. They it blew everybody's mind. Um, the set direction and the costuming in Lion King was completely brand new to Broadway, where they would use people and, and have gazelles leaping across the stage and elephants walking by you in the uh, you know in the uh, uh, the aisles up to the stage and the songs were were like just really rich in a, in a West African tradition. Listen. They didn't know what hit them. And a lot of the stuff, a lot of that stuff resonated with me because I'm from Trinidad. And a lot of the puppetry, the, the large puppetry that you saw on the stage was stuff that I had been accustomed to seeing in Carnival, uh, which just passed, uh, in, in Carnival in Trinidad. So that was like, that's me. I see me out there. And, and not just because they were depicting Africans, but because they were using these Caribbean type of of, of um, a set design, and it was just really great. Uh, it, it was a real challenge for them as well, because remember, The Lion King, the movie, was ridiculously popular, and and it was almost impossible in in their eyes to kind of recreate what people saw in the movies. So they knew they were up against it in order to really bring something to the stage that uh, properly picked up on the spirit of the movie and the way that the fans of the movie were going to be expecting to feel. And they nailed it. They absolutely nailed it. So Lion King is my number one. I have seen Lion King more times than I would like to admit. Uh, but it is worth it every time. I, I, I keep on going back because I'm like, I wonder what it looks like if I sit in this seat, right? Because depending on where you sit for the Lion King, you have a different experience. Sometimes, like, the, the elders walk by you and sometimes you're in the back. And if you're up top, you see a little bit differently than if you're looking at it straight. So I keep on going back. I'll keep on going back. If, if people give me tickets for the Lion King, I will go. Uh, so Lion King is my number one. So that's my top five. It is uh, Avenue Q, Rent, Wicked, Hamilton, and then Lion King. All right, y'all. It's been another great week. Thank you so much. Next week, I hope to be reaching out to y'all from Chicago. So it'll be a Chicago version of your Brooklyn-based uh, polymath. But it'll be the same old greenhouse effect. And thank you so much for hanging out. And... I will see y'all next week, and in the meantime, go out and be warm to another person. See y'all later.